Hi, I'm Nat B, and this is season four of Memoria. Flash memoir adapted into bite-sized audio stories using sound effects and music. Each episode explores a moment in time that shaped a writer's life. The following story is called I Died Before I Was Born, and it is written and read by Yujia Song. Here is Yujia to tell us how she came to write I Died Before I Was Born. Well, um, I actually sat down to write another story of my last adventure um, of crossing Kyrgyzstan on foot where I walked from the border with China to the border with Uzbekistan. And I wanted to record the cultural traditions of the Kyrgyz people as well as my own adventure. But when I sat down to write that story, something else came up and that was this desire to understand the deeper part of myself and what drove me to do that in the first place. So I explored my origins, my birth story, um, and that became a really powerful story that essentially brought me back home. I have died. I have died many times, before I was even born. After my birth, they still wanted me gone, but they failed. They pressured my parents to sign me away for adoption, but my mother held on to me for dear life. I am the second child of China's one-child policy, but before I was born, in the spring of 1980, my mother was pregnant. Her belly had yet to show, though her heartbeat was already taking refuge. Then, one afternoon, Dad rushed home, plastered with worry. The Central Committee publicised the penalties. They gave an example. The child forcibly aborted. The couple lost their jobs, thrown out of Beijing, and house bulldozed. Can we really take these risks? In panicking haste, Mum went to the hospital. She aborted. A little life, just short of 90 days, gone. It left her with deep regret. Four months earlier, the one-child policy was introduced in China and was enforced through the government-controlled work unit, an apparatus that also monitors people's thoughts and private lives. Each month, women were to fill in a palm-sized card detailing their cycles, sexual behaviour and contraceptive method. If they had already had a child, they had to sign a pledge to never try again. For the newlyweds, the work unit determined when and if they could conceive. If someone fell pregnant without official sanction, she'd have to abort, even in the third trimester. Rumours of tragic outcomes confirmed the violent slogans. From blood can form a river, but more than one child cannot be allowed to if one family has an excess baby, the whole village will be sterilised. <laughs> Aunt Yun came visiting one day and recounted in tears how women were being packed into the backs of trucks to have their pregnancies terminated. Fallopian tubes tied. Their cries deafened the sky while husbands and in-laws watched helplessly. With the door locked against outside terror, Mum would close her eyes at night and fret about her son's lonely childhood. The pressure to sign her pledge weighed heavily, 
but she decided to destroy her copy in the dark. Soon she was pregnant with me, this time a deliberate act. She would not allow her body to be controlled by the state. I became her rebellion. I grew in her through the deep of winter under thick layers of cotton. She worked on her master's thesis at home, escaping the outside world. No one found out, not even at eight months. Soon she graduated and got a job as an editor at the Chinese Communist Party journal Red Flag. At nine months, she could no longer conceal it. In December 1981, she confessed. I was due in 20 days. Her seniors seemed unperturbed. How relieved she was to be able to pass the new year in peace. On New Year's Day, the birth control personnel from my dad's university rapped on the door. You have to abort. It is not too late to inject poison and you don't have a choice. By the 4th of January, Red Flag also changed their tune. The directors and work unit doctor pressured her to abort. Between tears, she rebutted and accused them of murder. Then, after taking in the shock of my mother's obstinance, the work doctor relented. Let's at least take you to the hospital for a checkup. Once there, the doctor coldly commanded, Perform an abortion. My mum protested and refused. Finally, the obstetrician spoke. I cannot. Without the mother's consent, there will be bloodshed. On the way out, she tripped down the staircase. I stopped moving for the next four days. The birth control official summoned my father to his university. They demanded his and my mother's identity card. Without this card, they'd be cut off from further employment, public services, education, health care, and even food. My father refused. The police were too shocked to act. It was another drama. Six days after the new year, Red Flag intimidated my mother again, while party personnel went to my grandparents' home to assault them with criticism and humiliation. Then, Mum's former academic supervisor paid a visit. It was snowing outside. Professor Huang took a two-hour commute. During her postgraduate studies, my mother had respected him, and he had nothing but high praise for her. He had wanted her to stay on at Beijing University, but her family connections with Taiwan thwarted the possibility. Now his head hung low as though he was the one committing the crime. They told me to come. Professor Huang, please don't. It's too late now. If there's regret, I only have one. You're wasted education on me. After Professor Huang's failed attempt, Beijing University passed on the duty to its own birth control personnel to take action. They dragged my mother to the hospital. You can't be nine months. You'll have an abortion. I'm not. No way. That's not up to you to decide. Thankfully, at the hospital, the obstetrician's tone was the same. This child is in its full term. No injected poison will work. Five days before I was due, all three work units had exhausted their efforts. The Communist Party Central Committee summoned my parents to stand before officials from Red Flag, Beijing University and Tiyuan University. Dad's salary was to be reduced by two grades. 
his title as lecturer and eligibility to teach cancelled. Mum's salary also decreased by two grades. Her communist membership cancelled, dismissed from red flag, prohibited to work in Beijing, and house confiscated. Once I was born, there would be no milk voucher, no identity card for 14 years, and no attendance at kindergarten or school. Endless appeals later, some of those penalties were reduced, but by then she had seen that life in China was no life at all. Her faith in the communist utopia that had survived through the Cultural Revolution was shattered. Now that her body was being controlled, she needed to get us out. My name is a testament to that history. Yujia, a play on words. You, another. Jia, virtuous. Yujia together forms a new word. Hardship, calamity. To bring another valuable life into this world is difficult. My mum wanted to say, but I survived. Yujia is my story. Memoria was written and produced by me, Nat V. I died before I was born. Was written and read by New South Wales-based writer Eugenia Song. Each episode is illustrated by Peter Manning. The story segment was edited by Jen Farrow. Music in this episode is by the Blue Dot Sessions. Memoria comes to you each month. You can listen to our previous episodes or see a schedule of our upcoming episodes on memoriapodcast.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any good podcasting platform. We also have a Patreon page. For as little as one dollar a month, you can help support our work. So please go to our website, memoriapodcast.com, to make a one-off donation. Or visit our Patreon page. And if you love the show, please leave us a review. Each like or rating is important to us and helps us spread the word. Until next time. <laughs>